Hello, my name's Ian Forth and welcome to Sombrero Fallout, where we listen to alternative music through the filter of intriguing themes. Well, very sad news has reached Sombrero Fallout Towers this week uh, that Richard H. Kirk of Cabaret Voltaire, who, along with his colleagues Chris Watson and Stephen Malinder, formed one of the most influential electronic and industrial bands of the 1980s, has died. I thought we, that the least we could do uh, here is put together a tribute episode. So you'll be hearing some classic tracks from the cabs, Reflecting in particular that early part of uh, their career, when uh, I think it's fair to say they were at their peak, combined with some of the bands they influenced, tracks from Fad Gadget, Test Department, their fellow Sheffield mates uh, Clock DVA, all the way through to Afix Twin and Boards of Canada into this century. Oh, and Severed Heads as well from Melbourne, Australia. Where I thought we might start is with a, a track from, in some ways, their breakthrough album from 1980, uh, The Voice of America. You officers that are stationed in front of the stage behind the barricade, you will go to Mr. Morris Shapiro, the first aid man, and he will furnish you with earplugs so as to keep you from having a headache. He runs out of earplugs, he has got some cotton. You can use that. We have a detention room set up within the Coliseum. Any person that you arrest for ejection will be brought to room D. Is that understood? You will take the names, the addresses, and the telephone numbers. We will not allow any dancing, running up and down the aisle. Is that clear with everybody? Thank you.
Charles Doss was a gun. Time to recover the damage is done. Friend of mine and, and fellow phosphor, friend of some fairer fallout, uh, Lewis Lyons. I bumped into him in my early years at university and I played him some cabaret voltaire and he said, that's interesting. I had a friend of mine who used to be a prog rocker like himself and then a few years later uh, they bumped into each other in London, both going to gigs. Lewis was going to see Pink Floyd and his friend whose name I can't remember now, uh, was going to see Cabaret Voltaire. And that was a bit of the fork, a bit of the divide in the row between old-school Electronica and Pink Floyd were innovators in their own way. And new forms of Electronica that were coming in, pioneered by, in particular, Cabaret Voltaire, founded in the early 70s, in 73, 74, and doing things which seem quite commonplace now, like uh, samples from found uh, extracts, presumably from sound libraries, maybe taped off the radio, and loops and so on, all analogue in those days before uh, the digital revolution. So it must have been incredibly time-consuming, very confronting. A lot of their audiences just didn't get it back in Sheffield in the early days, but they persevered, and I think their cause was found to be the, the, the right one history has very much been on their side uh, one band that they influenced was Fad Gadget and here they are backed by Einstein Neubarten who were also heavily influenced I would say by Cabaret Voltaire and this is the seeds of modern industrial music that you can see beginning to emerge here Thank you. 
From the album Frank Tovey by Fad Gadget, that's Fad Gadget, I think from 1982. You can almost feel that that was a a Depeche Mode uh, track. Sounds commonplace now, but uh, New Order's Bernie Albrecht, who was at the same time pivoting from Joy Division New Order, said that uh, Cabaret Voltaire explained to him how you could play music without guitars, very simply. And in fact, uh, shortly after Ian Curtis's death, New Order and Cabaret Voltaire got together in uh, the studio and there's a track of them uh, jamming. It's never really meant for public consumption, which emerged in the deluxe version of their Movement album a year or two ago. Back to uh, the cabs sequencing and 1981 saw, I would say, their masterpiece, uh, Red Mecca. Others may disagree. And it was the same year as there were a lot of riots in places like Brixton and Toxteth. I remember one of the reviews at the time said, the Red Mecca album seemed like the perfect soundtrack for the sense of unrest that was in the country. I'm just going to play a couple of tracks. Well, first, it's a 
I think the sh one of their their very shortest tracks, but uh, compressed and economical. And even here, where there's not a, a huge amount of uh, distortion or treatment, you can sense the skittering, sinister presence uh, of the soundtrack from that year. Landslide from Red Mecca from 1981 from Cabaret Voltaire. And this is a tribute episode to Richard H. Kirk, who has left us prematurely, age 65. Um, we don't know the details, nor, nor should we. That's a, a private matter, but far too early uh, by, by any arithmetic or logic. And still have much to give. It was still powering away under the Cabaret Voltaire banner. And even this year, as a single just came out, and uh, I, I to, to my shame, I haven't always been keeping up with uh, the last, the, the, the latter period of Cabaret Voltaire output. I just had a listen in preparation for this episode, and there's some really great stuff still that Richard was putting out. Back to the bands that the early cabs influenced, and down in Melbourne, uh, there was a band that had clearly had their ears to what was happening with the emergence of the cabs and the formation of industrial music. Uh, and that was Severed Heads. I'm not going into details. It's too horrible. So horrible that when Bernard Spilsbury examined the residual shambles in the bungalow, he said it was more gruesome than anything even he had ever seen. That, from a great pathologist with unique experience, constitutes a warning not to be ignored. Brewing when Maha, doing his grisly work at the bunker, was 
dealing with the most grisly job of all. The head, the woman's head. He had severed it from the trunk, built a huge fire in the sitting room, placed her head upon it. Then, I owe a debt here to Edgar Wallace, who edited the transcript of the Mahan trial. Then the storm broke with a violent flash of lightning and an appalling crash of thunder. As the head of Emily Kay lay upon the coals, the dead eyes opened, and Mahan fled out to the deserted shore. When he nerved himself to return, the fire had done its work. That's Dead Eyes Opened by Severed Heads, a band I actually saw when they reformed in uh, The Corner. Uh, that great venue in Richmond in Melbourne, subject of recent riots within the last week. So uh, time moves on, and not all of it in a positive direction. That was the radio edit of that track, and there's much longer edits available, uh, should you wish, all the way up to nine or ten minutes and I think it's fair to say that was by far the most accessible track that Severed Heads ever put out. There are others which are probably far more in line with some of the more experimental elements of Cabaret Voltaire. And other bands from that time, it wasn't just the cabs, uh, bands like Throbbing Gristle uh, in particular, were beginning to find a way with the new technology to express transgression unhappiness with the political climate of the time, uh, a rejection of some of the more obvious elements that punk had thrown up as well, uh, embracing electronica, synthesizers, loops, tapes, samples and so forth. And Chris Watson, Richard H. Kirk's uh, buddy in the band, he was another tape operative and fully across audiophonics and so forth. And he went off um, in 1982 to the BBC and I think has um, uh, forged a career in electronic sound pioneering. Interesting alternative strand to the usual story of punk and post-punk and one which found its full fruits in commercial terms around this time with bands such as Human League and Depeche Mode and New Order. But this more alternative strand is what we're examining here. The cabs never really broke through into the mainstream, but as is so often the case, uh, were more influential than really anyone else at that time. Let's have another track from the Red Mecca album.
That was Sound Mirror by Clock DVA from the end of the 80s. Fellow Sheffield band to Cabaret Voltaire, who are the subject of uh, this episode. Uh, A tribute to Richard H. Kirk, who died last week. And uh, before Clock DVA, you heard Slide Out by Cabaret Voltaire from their epic 1981 album Red Mecca. And I thought I'd just get the take advantage of this opportunity halfway through the show to say a big thanks to people who've been interacting on Friends of Sombrero Fallout. And I'm sure I'm going to miss a few names out, but thanks to uh, Connor Tonra from Ireland, Pinko Fowler, who guest hosted the last episode, of course. David Murray Milne, who writes in with his memories of the swans. Uh, J.F. Francis, Joanne Francis, who writes in with her memories of Lindy Morrison and uh, the book of the drummer of the go-betweens, which he's just completed and enjoyed, and I believe is very good. Steve Amphlett, Terry Edwards, Mary Jones, Howard C. Howard, excellent name, Doug Evans, uh, recovered these days, I think, from listening to every single full track. We all enjoyed that episode. 
in the Friends of Sombrero Fallout uh, archives if you're interested in hearing Doug's reaction to all 524 tracks. Um, this scrolling through, not doom scrolling, just pleasantly scrolling. David Murray Milne, Stephen Pilling, Mark O'Neill, David Piscar, Steve Amflit, Ian Moore, Luke Finley. Uh, who else have we got here? Terry Edwards, I think I might already mentioned her. Graham Miles and uh, David Sowerby, David Hughes, I think I probably mentioned him. Uh, that's just a few of the people who've been writing in in the past month. Do enjoy these interactions. Please do keep it up. It makes me feel I'm in touch with everybody, particularly as Melbourne smashes the all-time record for number of days in lockdown, 237 yesterday. Most recent earthquake, most number of days in lockdown, sometimes most livable city in the world, but I suspect for not for much longer. What have we got next? More music. just the price of a gallon of gas. What we're doing is going to chart the future of the world for the next hundred years. Guess one thinks of Einstein's Neubarten collapsing new buildings. Who we heard from backing up Fad Gadget earlier in the program was the classic new 
sorry, classic German industrial group of the uh, 1980s. But in some ways, Test Department, who we heard there, were even more um, were heartland industrial, and that was New World Order by them from roughly mid-80s. Uh, I actually went and saw them at the Town and Country Club, and they were, uh, they were very thrilling, quite confronting, quite challenging, very thrilling as well. Really interesting period of music. And just backing up a little bit, uh, back to 1982... After Red Mecca, uh, Richard H. Kirk with Stephen Malinger and Chris Watson, Cabaret Voltaire, released a 2x45, so cool, because it was two 7-inch 45 pieces of vinyl. And uh, I have, in fact, played this track once before, but it's so good, I'm going to goddamn play it again. The 70 billion people of Earth. Where are they hiding? The 70 billion people of Earth. Where are they hiding? The 70 billion people of Earth. Where are they hiding? The 70 billion people of Earth, where are they hiding? The 70 billion people of Earth, where are they hiding? The 70 billion people of Earth, where are they hiding? The 70 billion people of Earth, where are they hiding? The where are they hiding? Where are they hiding? Where are they hiding? Where are they hiding?
Yasha by Cabaret Voltaire from their 2x45 release in 1982. And I'm also reminded of an interview I read in the NME from around about that time, a little earlier, perhaps end of 1980, when a record company executive, they were interviewing him, and he was talking about all the tapes he received from uh, wannabe groups. And I always remember him saying uh, half of them sound like Joy Division, the other half sound like Cabaret Voltaire. Going to go forward a few years now into the mid-90s and Richard D. James from Cornwall, a.k.a. Aphex Twin. A lot of influences going on and he was influential in his turn, but Cabaret Voltaire was certainly one of them, as I think you can hear on this track. Dodecahedron from uh, Aphex Twin from 1995 and then modestly titled his modestly titled album simply Classics as the 80s progressed the uh, original highly experimental feel uh, of Cabaret Voltaire began to morph a little bit. First, Chris Watson left in the end of 1982, just leaving Stephen uh, and Richard. And I think we can detect from that point a bit of a struggle for the heartland of Cabaret Voltaire, perhaps. 
Um, and I think, you know, both both would acknowledge that there's a bit of a Lennon and McCartney yin and yang thing going on. I think Stephen Malinder was keen to take the band in a slightly more commercial direction. I think that slightly won out also on their more accessible 1983 album, The Crackdown. It's a great album, but it is a bit more accessible. So uh, let's take a listen to a track from that now. I Kill Time When You Can Kill Yourself from Cabaret Voltaire's 1983 album The Crackdown and I guess commercial success was always going to be a bit of a moot point if you're going to call your songs titles like uh, Why Kill Time When You Can Kill Yourself I seem to remember it was a, a modest success it got into the top 40 the album from memory I haven't looked it up you can if you want to one band, I'm just going to flip forward quite a long way now to 2002, uh, who were influenced by many different strands of electronic music. But Cabaret Voltaire, 
prominent amongst them, I will wager. The two boys growing up on the northeast coast of Scotland, fiddling around, not dissimilarly to what Richard H. Kirk might have been doing in the early 70s in Sheffield, cut off from the mainstream, experimenting, tape loops, and so forth. And by the time they almost perfected their sound, if you will, it doesn't sound so very different to what Cabaret Voltaire were sounding like in the late 70s and early 80s. Sounds great, in fact. Boards of Canada from their 2002 album Jogadi. 
And the Cabaret Voltaire story, we weren't able to follow the uh, entire course of it over the course of uh, one podcast. But after 1983, there was the Virgin Years, where we go from the crackdown to the Covenant in 1985. Then the EMI years of 1986 and 1987. Uh, Code would be an album if you're interested in that period you might want to have a listen to. And then uh, more solo excursions between Stephen and Richard began to break out and there was the transition to house music and techno, which was ironic because those were two genres of music that they themselves had largely helped to define. Al Jurgensen of Ministry uh, found it doubly ironic that in fact they turned up in Chicago and were trying to adapt to music that they themselves had partway created. By 1995, uh, Stephen and uh, Richard went their separate ways and the brand went on hiatus. But Stephen, um, Richard rather, revived it in 2009 for the last 12 years under the name of Cabaret Voltaire. He's been pumping out music. I've been listening to a bit of it. It's really very good. And uh, I kick myself for not keeping in touch with uh, what he's been putting out over the last 12 years. Here is an most up-to-date example from the last album Richard released, I think last year.
That's Vasto from Cabaret Voltaire from their 2020 album Shadow of Fear. And essentially it was Richard H. Kirk uh, performing there more or less solo as he had done with the Cabaret Voltaire name over the last 12 years of his existence. I focused uh, tonight on what I regard, rightly or wrongly, as my peak period cabs, which was the late 70s and early 80s. But I would encourage you to explore whatever period of their existence that you were, you know, feel drawn to. If house or techno perhaps are more your thing, then there's plenty in the archive, the Cabaret Voltaire archive for you. So R.I.P. Richard H. Kirk, one of the giants of the alternative music scene, and in particular the electronic and industrial element of, of it. Well... There we are. I would say all well in Melbourne, but it's not. We've got plague. We've got riots every day. We've got earthquakes. We're in constant lockdown. We've smashed the record. All is not good in Melbourne. Hopefully by 2021, 22 rather. Just feels like we've been in 2021 forever and may never escape it. Uh, Yeah, things will be a bit jollier. It's okay. It's not Kabul. If anyone's listening in Kabul, You'd be laughing, you know, down your nose at our supposed misfortunes from our entitled suburban homes. And quite right, too. Thanks for listening. Uh, I'll be back most likely next week with another exciting episode of Sombrero Fallout. Until then, be good, be safe, be nice to each other. Cheers for now.